Hey guys, welcome back to Simply Put. I am so excited you're here and every time I say that, I feel like I need a different word. But honestly, I'm really excited you're here and I'm excited to hang out with you guys. So today, we are going to take a break from the Book of Romans and we are going to look at a story that is so common and it is so popular, um, but also so meaty. I feel like I could read the story of David and Goliath 1,586 times and I still would get something new from it. So today that is the story we're going to look at is the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I love this story for a lot of reasons, but What I really love about this story is this is actually the first story I tried to simplify back when I was 20 or 21. I remember setting up this pallet board station on my living room floor in Starkville, Mississippi, and flipping the digital camera to record and recording this segment on David and Goliath and what I thought that it symbolized in our lives. And that video, it never made it to the worldwide internet, but I think that's one of my biggest what ifs in life is what if I would have kept going? What would that have looked like now being six, seven years later? And so as I prepared for this podcast, I really felt like that was a word of encouragement for somebody that there is something God has asked you to do in this season that seems silly. It seems humiliating. It seems mundane, but trust that as you continue to step forward in obedience, God will bless that and it will glorify him. And so I don't know who that's for, but if that's for you, I just want you to take heart that you're not crazy. You're not silly. It might be embarrassing right now, but there is nothing greater than glorifying God with your whole life. And so take heart. So we're going to dive in. I'm so excited. First Samuel 17. Let's do this. Welcome to Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's Word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. All right, so 1 Samuel 17, 17, we are going to be picking up ultimately in verse 33, but I just want to give a little bit of backstory if you're new to the Bible, if you are new to Simply Put, whatever it is, as quickly as I can, here is the context for the story. So David's dad is Jesse. Jesse has eight sons. David is the youngest. David is always picked over. He's never sent. He's never called upon. He is always really just tending to the family's mundane needs. So David gets to the battlefield to fight Goliath in the first place because he is serving his brother's what I presume sandwiches. We see in 1 Samuel 17, 17 that Jesse, David's dad, asks David, hey, take this bread, take this cheese, go to your brother's, find out how they're doing, come back and let me know. 
But when David gets to the battlefield, he hears Goliath, this massively large Philistine, talking mad smack about God. And so out of curiosity, he's like, hey, why haven't we taken this guy down? And what will happen for the person that takes this guy down? Because clearly nothing is happening. And so he asks this question and they kind of dismiss him. They immediately assume that it's for prideful reasons that he wants to fight this battle. And what happens is one of Saul's servants overhears David's comment about his willingness to take down Goliath. And Saul then goes back to approach David. And that is where we're going to pick up today. All right. So 1 Samuel 17 verse 32 says this, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy and he has been a fighting man from his youth. So I just want to pause right here and talk about the dialogue that's being had between David and Saul, because obviously Saul is fearful. You know, if he could have taken down Goliath, he would have taken down Goliath, but yet Goliath is still standing. And I think many of us are held up in fear based on what other people have perceived to be our circumstances, you know, and the truth of the matter is what we'll see unfold is what Saul didn't see was the ways in which God was preparing him to fight this battle all along. And I believe that there are echoes from generation among generation of things we are facing that we deep down have been told that we can't handle that, that we can't fight that, that that is not our battle. But what I believe God is doing is he is saying, no, 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 no. I have trained you in the secret place for a time such as this. And so what happens next is David really attests to what God has taught him through other circumstances. We see this in 1 Samuel 17, 34. It says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And right there, I want to stop because I want to draw your attention to the word servant, keeping, and his father's. Because the truth of the matter is, is that we have to embody a heart that serves in order to fight well. You know, and longevity with the mundane actually does make a difference. And we've got to learn to care for things that are already in place. And there's this tendency, especially amongst my generation, that the minute something doesn't work in the way we've expected it to work, we jump ship and look for something else. And I feel this on a deep level, even as I'm speaking this, I truly feel like 1 Timothy 1.15 over me that says of which I am the worst. But over the last year, this is a lesson God has been really just pressing into me that endurance built in the mundane task of showing up and putting in the work actually does make a difference. And David goes on to say this, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. And every time I read this, guys, I really just hear God whisper, you can't flinch. 
And so growing up, I want to put this in perspective for you guys. So growing up, my brother and I played this game called Made You Flinch. Um, I don't know if you've played it in your life, but it was a big deal where you stand face to face with one another and you unexpectedly move. And if the other person flinches, they lose. And so after a while playing this game, you become calloused to the flinches of the person on the other side. And so they can make an unexpected movement towards you and it doesn't make you flinch. And so every time I read this story and I hear about David uh, killing a lion and killing a bear and now facing Goliath, I just hear those words from God where he whispers, you had to fight the lion. You had to fight the bear. So when you face Goliath, you won't flinch. And this metaphor rings true in so many of our lives because we approach these battles, you know, we get into these unexpected circumstances and our immediate reaction is to say, well, God, why would you put me here? Why would you do this to me? Why would you send that my way? But the truth of the matter is that for every battle we face, he is producing in us a new endurance. It's like we talked about last week in Romans 5. Not only do we rejoice in thanksgiving, but also our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character produces hope. So as we approach those unexpected battles, those things that we didn't see coming, rest assured, it's not because God doesn't love you. It's because he does. It's because he knows that for the bigger battles, you can't flinch. So right now, this battle, this one matters. So Saul agrees to let David fight and he insists on David wearing his protective armor in order to fight Goliath. We see this in 1 Samuel uh, 17, 38. It says, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him, a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. So this part of the story really represents two types of things that happen usually as we walk into an unknown battle. So this first thing is this idea of trying to be something you're not. So trying to wear someone else's armor in order to fight a battle that you've been called to. And we really see this talked more about in that Hebrews 12, one verse that talks about throwing off anything that so easily entangles and runs the race that God has set for you. And I think this is one thing that so many of us, myself included, you know, we fall in trap to is this idea that, well, it worked for them. So if I just do what they did, it will work for me. And if I just run like that, it will work. And the truth of the matter is, is that there is a race God has called you to run. There are battles that can only be won with the ways in which God has prepared you to fight. So the things and the experiences that you have on this earth are unique to the battles that you are going to face. And if we're honest, guys, this is tough because so much of our society wants to tell you that where you are, the gifts you have, the skills you have, all of that, it's just not good enough. And if you were more like that person, then you'd be better off. So many of us have wasted decades of our lives 
trying to fit into someone else's armor, trying to be like someone else. And what God is saying here is that if you are going to claim the victory in my name, then I need you to stay suited up in who I've designed you to be. And the second thing this this highlights for us is this idea of taking on things that people think you should do. You know, Saul dresses David in what he thinks will be best, not knowing what David has already experienced behind the scenes. And so many of us have um, many people in our lives that speak into this. You know, I think you should do this. I think you should do this. I think you should do this. But the truth of the matter is, and we see this truth in Jeremiah 33, 3, when it says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great unsearchable things you do not know. And many of us are going to the people around us for answers before we're going to God. And that's not to discount um, good counsel and wisdom, but it is to say that it's so important for us to monitor the voices we listen to and the things that we are told, I think you should do this. I think you should do this. Because when we seek God, he gives us unsearchable things that we don't know. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says that we take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. And in translations, I've learned that this also means we take every project captive and make it obey Christ. And I love this idea of taking every project captive because it insinuates that many of us, if we're honest, we fight battles based on impulse. We charge ahead thinking we know what God has called us to do without taking time to seek him and to learn about those unsearchable things. And the only way we're going to win the battles we're up against is to do what God asks us to do because the victory is found in him. And David knew this. <laughs> it says in 1 Samuel 17, 37b, David says, I can't go in these. I'm not used to this. And he took them off. Ah, I love this verse, the humility that had to have been in David's heart to know that God had prepared him for a moment such as this, but he couldn't fight in someone else's armor. He took the king's armor off to let the king fight on his behalf. And so David heads into battle. And he's got a fanny pack with five stones and Goliath is in front of him just being so vulgar. And David's calm and constantly he's refocusing his actions on glorifying God over and over again. He's bringing back into focus the truth that the Lord is fighting for him. Verse 47 says, all those here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's. David wasn't fighting this battle because he wanted to win. He was fighting this battle because he wanted to glorify God's strength. And in a society, in a generation that's so focused on self-promotion, I feel like this is the one thing that my mentor just really hammered into me is this idea to constantly check your heart. Like, are you doing what you're doing to glorify yourself or to glorify God? Are you looking for validation from others? Or are you looking to show God's goodness and God's glory 
through you. And through the story of David and Goliath, here's what we know is that when we are serving God faithfully and allow him to produce longevity in us, when we take care of the things that he has already given us, when we trust that the things we're facing will unfold into deeper insight, and when we fight in the armor that God has given us, he doesn't need five stones because he is the one. And now if you've hung around with us to the end, here's something, a piece of revelation I want to leave you with. We're not David. (laughs) We're the stone. It is God on the front lines for us. It is God fighting the battle for us. It is God who has already won the victory. See, we are not David. We are simply the stone. We are the thing that God is using to prove that his glory is still evident, that his goodness is still all powerful, and that the victory has already been won. So the pressure is off. You do not have to fight the giant, but we must willingly surrender ourselves to the palm of God so he can fight on our behalf. Psalm 62, one, I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, and I won't be shaken. Thanks for hanging out today, guys. I hope you enjoyed just this break from Romans and just this time through um, the story of David and Goliath. Be sure to join me next week. I have a guest. It's my first guest. I've never had a guest before. Um, And I'm so excited to have her on the show. She is just amazing and I love her. And so be sure to tune in next week as we dive into Romans chapter six. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.